Heavenly Father, would you bless this moment um, in eternity, time and eternity, that you've arranged for me to speak to Washington Christian Fellowship. Use me now, Lord. Anoint me for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I'm a black Baptist preacher, and black Baptist preachers typically don't retire. Uh, they just, we have a thing where we say, we're going to die in the pulpit. And uh, 10 years ago, literally now, the, the Lord began to speak to me about doing something that was completely antithetical to everything uh, that I knew about pastoring. And he started talking to me about a crazy thing called retiring. He literally said, I want you to pass the baton to your son. And I'd never seen in Numbers 3 and 4 uh, that it said that at the age of uh, 30, the priests had to go into full-time work of ministry. And then at uh, the age of 50, they should retire. And I said, well, my Lord, I'd never seen that before. I thought, you know, a parent is a third-generation uh, preacher. And uh, in my mind, I, I thought, well, perhaps parents someday would succeed me in ministry, but it was someday. It was definitely not today. But the Lord uh, advanced time and the future and brought the future into that day. What would have happened in the future when I was at a ripe old age of something? <laughs> He brought it into that day. I want to talk this morning to you about bringing your tomorrow into today. Into today. Uh, I, I'm sure every, everyone growing up has, has raced at some point with neighborhood kids or something like that. And uh, when I used to race, uh, of course, you know, there was the countdown on your mark, get set ready to go, and, and the Grayson boys lived next door, and I always wanted to beat them, and so I would always jump off early so I could get a head start. And, and I was cheating. I was cheating because I really wanted to get a head start. And so, you know, you know Psalm 90 that tells us uh, the days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength, they will be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, and teach us to number our days. So this morning, forgive me, but I want to teach you how to cheat in this thing called time. I want to teach you how to cheat in your race against time. Co-founder Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, was 19 years old when he founded Facebook. 19 years old. And literally, 
he brought a Tamara concept into his 19-year-old life. 19 years old, most 19-year-olds don't know what in the world they want to do with their life, but he brought that into his life. I've, I've always been an early bloomer. Uh, always looked older than I was. Uh, started working in church, playing the organ for my church when I was 12 years old. Um, my wife and I got married. I was 19 years old when I got married, turned 20 the next day. And we've been married 51 years. We've been married 51 years because we really cheated. We got a head start. We got married before either one of us even finished college. So, so that's why we're able to, you know, been married 51 years. And I want to biblically teach you how to cheat in this race against time and accomplish more before you leave here. Let me set up this sermon for you. Um, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. God said, you're hardening your heart? Scripture says, Pharaoh said, I'm not going to let you go. He said, so you're hardening your heart. I'll make it permanent that you're hardening your heart. If that's what you want to try to play with me, by the way, if God can't get the glory from your obedience, he'll get the glory from your disobedience. So God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. In John, that we're, we're looking at John in chapter 12, interesting verse, verse 37, even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Listen to what the word of the Lord says to the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe because, as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their heart so that they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with the hearts nor turn and I would heal them. So literally it's saying Israel was much like Pharaoh. Israel kept refusing to believe what God said, ref continued to refuse to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And so he says, I'll make it permanent, your rebellion. Not, not, not every person in, in the nation, not every person, but, but as a nation, as he preached, individuals accepted him, but not the nation. He's here he's speaking to them as a nation. Listen to the timetable. He came to his own, and that was Israel. His own received him not. 
But as many, that's the Gentiles, as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. So Israel rejected him, and he said, all right, I'm going to give the Gentiles an opportunity to receive me because you have rejected me. And so the timetable is that now is the time of the Gentiles, and the Gentiles have an opportunity to receive him. But after this time of the Gentiles is over, then Israel will get another chance. So this is really not the season for the reinstatement for the Jews, God says. If I let them see If I let them see it, they will repent and I'll have to heal them. And that's not what I want to do right now. It's the time of the Gentiles. The Jews will have another opportunity at a later season. And so even though, God is saying, even though they rejected me, they rejected Jesus, if they can see that he was the Messiah, even though it's out of season, they have the capacity to bring into this season what has been reserved for another season. So I can't let them see it. That's, that's scary, but God is in control. A couple of examples of this. Uh, he told his disciples, don't minister to the Gentiles. So don't minister to the Gentiles. It's not for them now. It's, it's for the Jews. But he decided he needed to go through Samaria. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. And he went there, and you know the story. If you've been in church any length of time, he meets a woman at the well, and he minister to her in such a way that she runs back to her little town and tells everybody what has happened. And the text says they urged him to stay in the town and he stayed there and ministered for several days to Gentiles. When he had told his disciples, don't minister to the Gentiles. But because they urged him to stay, Jesus stayed. And so we get to our text at Cana of Galilee, where his disciples, he and his disciples, they're invited to a wedding. And the wine runs out. Of course, when I grew up, I grew up in a, in a holiness church. Not far from here, 4th and G Northeast. And uh, we always twisted this text a bit to fit our theology because drinking wine was a sin. So it wasn't really wine, it was fruit punch. <laughs> Finally, we came to understand that whatever it was, it was better than the first that was served. But the wine runs out, and Ma Mary, Mother Mary, asked Jesus, said, I need you to help out this young couple. They're 
reception is getting ready to be uh, really embarrassing because all the wine has run out. I need you to work a miracle. And uh, she knew he could do it. She knew, she, knew, she knew he could do it. And Jesus says, now, Mom, my, this is not my time to be working miracles. This is not my time. But because his mother knew what he could do, she asked him, and Jesus changed his timetable to do miracles. And the rest is history. He turned water into wine. It's not the time for Jesus to work a miracle without her action. But it was the time with her action. I'll repeat that. It's not the time for Jesus to work a miracle without her action. But with her action, it was. I've really come to say, and I don't know who I might be talking to this morning, there are things that won't happen five years from now for you. It, they won't happen it, until five years from now. Unless God lets you see it and you're bold enough to ask him to do it. I'm going to rewind that. If he lets you see it, remember he told, said to Israel, I, I can't let them see it because if I let them see it, then uh, they'll repent and I don't want them to repent. So I can't let them see it. But if God, if God has shown you something and you know in your spirit that this is divine, if you're bold enough, if you're bold enough to do like Mother Mary did and ask God, I want you to do it now. I want you to do it now. I am the pastor emeritus of the triumphant church retired early because I dared to say, Lord, let's do this. Let me pass the baton. And so I don't know who I'm talking to here. If the Lord has put something in your spirit and you, you know, you see it. That's the key. You have to see it. John three and three. We're still in the book of John. Jesus replied, verily, verily, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. He wouldn't let the Jews see it. Listen, but you can because you've been born again. It's yet to come, but if you've been born again, you can see it. You can see. You can. The kingdom is yet to come, but if you've been born again, you can see it even though it's yet to come. Yeah, yeah. So when you pray, Jesus said, say this, Our Father, which art in heaven, thy kingdom come. The power, the resources of the dominion of God's realm, when we pray, thy kingdom, kingdom come, the kingdom that 
hasn't come will come. <laughs> and all of the power, resources, and dominion of that kingdom. I got to give you another scripture. Please forgive me for giving you a lot of scripture. First Corinthians chapter 2. 6 through 10, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, ah, among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time again. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, listen, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Listen, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Even the deep things of God. In this world, we see things in two dimensions. We see things in the natural realm, and we believe we see things in the supernatural realm. God supernaturally intervenes. In God's realm, everything is just natural. There is no natural and supernatural. Everything is just natural. So when you pray and God has shown you something that's hidden from most folks, both folks can't see it because they're not mature enough. If you allow God to bring his kingdom into your life. What would normally happen 10 years from now, and you've been planning, you're saying, 10 years from now, I want to be here. 10 years from now, I want to have saved enough money. Maybe I'll retire early. All of those kind of things. God is saying, you just don't understand. I can let you retire now. <laughs> I can let you start that business now. I can let you get into that ministry now. The thing that you're planning for later, if you dare to see, you have to be able to see. Everybody, God doesn't, what I believe happens is God lets us see stuff, but we really don't pay any attention to it. We just let it just sort of go by as a dream. You have dreamed something and you keep dreaming it and you just wonder why you keep dreaming and you don't pay any attention to it. Say, I just keep having this crazy dream. Uh, it's not maybe a crazy dream, but it is God letting you see something. If God didn't want you to have it, listen to me, he wouldn't let you see it. <laughs> If he, if he didn't want you to be involved in that and to move into that, he wouldn't let you see it. But since he's let you see it, go on and reach in tomorrow. 
reads into tomorrow and bring tomorrow into the day. Uh, young man, when heard me preach this uh, before, he said his son, who was in high school, had been taking college courses every summer. And so he, he's going to start college in the fall, and he will start college with eight credit courses because he brought college into his high school days. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like somebody that is uh, an athlete and they use enhancing drugs. They have an unfair advantage. You can have an unfair advantage. When I, when I, when I started uh, uh, college, I started at the University of the District of Columbia and uh, because I grew up holding this church, like I said, I couldn't play basketball. I couldn't play any sports. I couldn't go to the movies. Watching television was a sin. Didn't have a television. So all I could do was read. And so I read all the time. And so when I, when I got to college, uh, I remember that, that first year, my first semester, two of my classes, I didn't even have to take final exams because I was so far ahead head of the class until I didn't even have to take college classes. God said to Joshua in Joshua 6 and 2, see, I have given you this land. See, who am I talking to this morning? I'm probably gotten underneath your skin because you know that God has been showing you something and you just, you just, well, I'll do that, that infamous uh, one day. But let me let you know, you can bring your tomorrow into today. Jesus did that with Lazarus. Lazarus at the gravesite of Lazarus, something called the resurrection was an, a tomorrow event. He told Martha and Mary, yeah, yeah. They, they were telling him, yeah, we believe in the resurrection that will happen one day. Jesus said, I'm bringing one day into your day. And he called Lazarus, and Lazarus called forth, come, came forth. And of course, we in the black church, we say uh, he had to say Lazarus' name because if he had said the dead, all the dead would have gotten up. But he had to call him. And, and we say, Lazarus said, hush, hush. Somebody's calling my name. It sounds like Jesus that's calling my name. I hope I've encouraged somebody. Somebody need to email me. Let me know whether or not I've really spoken to you. I want you to bring your tomorrow into the day. Lord, let, let your word be sealed and don't let them get away. You let them see it. Let them move as you have shown them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.